You're listening to Beyond the Ribbon, a podcast of the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center. This podcast is brought to you by Kia of Amarillo, proud member of the Auto Inc. family of dealerships. Be sure to check out their website at kiaofamarillo.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan. How are you today? Pam, I am doing okay. You know, I've had a little shoulder surgery, but, I, you know, I'm I'm turning the corner. Hey, that's good. Did Bentley ever make you watch um, a movie, probably in her teenage years, um, called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? Well, I know that uh, Kimberly, my wife, and Bentley, my daughter, they watched the movie, but um, I, I can honestly say they did not make me or ask me watch it. So I am aware, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those feel-good movies where you see the story of the pants travel down. And so I think today's episode is going to be much like that movie. I do too. Um, as we were talking earlier about um, today's episode, uh, there's a lot of times we want to be able to focus and, and, and point folks into the areas of some great nonprofits that do great work and help those while you're going through treatment. And um, little things like can be so meaningful, something as simple as, as you said, a pair of pants in that story um, can be very meaningful, right? Right. But in this case, we're going to learn about how scarves can change. Yes. Um you know, somebody's life, giving them hope, maybe. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I'm super pants. excited about this one. Yes, not pants. We're not talking about pants. No, we no we're talk- not going to share pants. That's right. That's right. Uh, so you guys listening today uh, are in for a treat. We're, we are talking about Hope Scarves, and Hope Scarves is an international nonprofit organization based in Louisville, Kentucky, or as some might say, Louisville, um, their mission is to support people facing cancer through scarves, stories, and research. Uh, they were founded in 2012. They've grown exponentially and have effectively become, as you said, Pam, known as the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves. And uh, what they do, of course, is they collect scarves from around the world and stories. You know, that's a neat thing, too, because we talk about having our survivors tell stories. And many of our podcasts in the past uh, year, year and a half have had a lot of stories there, but they're pairing up those stories with the scarves and uh, providing those to folks uh, that are in treatment. And so we are really lucky today to have the executive director of Hope Scarves, Anna Laura Edwards, uh, join us. Anna Laura, how are you? Hi, I am good here in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Right. That's correct. Right. <laughs> yes. You said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, see, I know we, we say Louisville or some people say Louisville, but they would probably be outcast. Right. Putting the S in there. <laughs> exactly. Well, we would know they weren't natives. So, They're not you know. natives. Well, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, of course, as the executive director, we know in the nonprofit world, you do a lot and wear a lot of hats or in this case, wear a lot of scarves. So tell us a little bit about Hope Scarves and educate our listeners. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I am excited to share about this amazing organization that I am lucky enough to um, to get to help lead. Um, we were founded, as you said, in 2012 by our amazing founder, Laura McGregor. And um, she was 30 years old 
and seven months pregnant when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And a friend of a friend sent her a box of scarves with a really short note that said, you can do this. And Laura loved those scarves. She felt like it, um, they almost had superpower because here was another young survivor who had gotten, gone through treatment, gotten to the other side of the bridge. And um, it just gave Laura strength and encouragement to know that she would um, do the same thing. And mm -hmm. So Laura gave birth to a healthy seven, probably seven pounds, um, baby boy named Bennett. And um, at the time they got a little chuckle. They, they had chemo together when he was in utero and the chemo that she was taken was often nicknamed the red devil. It was very potent that she had. And she was very worried about the impact that that would have on Bennett. But when he was born, he was healthy and um, he came out with bright red hair. <laughs> and they laughed because red hair does not run in their family at all. And so they just had the biggest chuckle. And he has certainly, he continues to live up to the reputation of the little red devil. <laughs> but, um, so... <clears throat> So when Laura, you know, gave birth to Bennett and got through all of her treatments and was declared cancer free, she reached back out to the friend and said, I need to return your scars to you. And Kelly said, no, just pass them on to somebody else. So Laura did just that. And she met a young survivor at a, the Young Survivor Coalition. They were having a convention and this woman was named Roberta and Roberta was struggling with her wigs and they were hot and itchy. And Laura said, well, I have these scarves. And Laura taught her how to tie the scarves and shared her scarves with her. And Laura thought, there's something to this. And um, Roberta loved those scarves and returned them back to Laura and then Laura was at the time was living in Birmingham, Alabama. Her husband was transferred. And so they moved up here to Louisville, Kentucky. And um, one of the very first people that Laura met was somebody who had just been diagnosed with cancer. So guess what she did? Mm -hmm. She shared those scars and she yeah. told her story. And I think that that's kind of when the whole thing she had the aha. She had always worked in nonprofit. She had always wanted to have her own nonprofit, never thinking that cancer would be in her world. But um, why not do something with this journey that she was on? So she started Hope Scarves. She started in the spare bedroom of her house with her little two-year-old helper by her side. And um since that time, we have now, you know, she started out maybe sending out 10 scars a year. We have since sent out 30,000 scars. Oh, they wow. have gone to all 50 states and 34 countries. So we consider ourselves an international nonprofit because we are known around the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, she had one, she started with one employee and we now have six, but we have a very small and mighty six. We're all part-time and, you know, just Hope Scarves is near and dear to our hearts for many reasons. But um, seven years after Laura was first diagnosed with cancer, um, it came back and she was metastatic. And as many people know, once you're metastatic, then you are going to be in treatment for the rest of your life. And our whole, I think in the cancer world, a lot of people hear, you know, when you beat cancer, when you get to the other side of the bridge, when you get to the other side of the rainbow. But for people who are stage four, they're always in treatment. And um, it's it's so much more just keeping the disease at bay, um, having no evidence of growth or new disease. And scarves and stories are wonderful and inspirational, but and help provide hope and encouragement during a hard time. But they, they don't save lives. And Laura knew that the key to her and to other people who are going to face NBC one day is research. And that is what is really going to save lives. So research became our third pillar and it's scarves, stories, and research. And in 2016, we started a metastatic breast cancer research fund. And we support cutting edge clinical and translational research research that is happening um, not only here in Louisville. We support clinical trials at James Graham Brown Cancer Center so that people who are here don't have to go to Vanderbilt or to Houston or, you know, Pittsburgh, wherever, um, that they can be home with their families and participate in clinical trials. But we also support researchers at currently at Johns Hopkins and Dana Farber. And um, they have made a lot of progress um, in coming up with new drugs and understanding why different cancers, you know, might switch and become triple negative when they weren't, when they were first um, diagnosed. And so since 2016, I'm really excited to share this, but um, we have raised a million dollars that has gone toward research. And all of that has been matched one-to-one by anonymous donors. And um, so we have had a $2 million impact on the NBC research world. And wow. um, Laura was very proud of that. Um, she did, <laughs> she did <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so, wow. and Laura passed away, unfortunately, and um, she survived eight years um, as a stage four patient. And she, we are coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, January the 18th will be the one year anniversary of her death. And so, um, you know, Hope Scarves was her legacy, her light and legacy that she left on this world. And we are so determined to continue it and to watch it grow and nurture it so that it will continue to help people. 
So how did you get involved in Hope Scarves? <laughs> well, that's kind of a funny story. Um, I first met Laura McGregor because that little boy named Bennett, the little redhead that I was talking about, I was his preschool teacher. when he, <laughs> And um, I fell in love with Bennett and Laura. She was just infectious. When you met her, you just wanted to be around her. And um, when I was teaching Bennett, that was when she was kicking off Hope Scarves. So I attended the first kind of kickoff fundraiser for it and um, just felt so strongly about the mission of it. And um, so I volunteered at Hope Scarves for years. And then um, I became a stay-at-home mom again to my two teenage boys who at the time couldn't drive. And so I was their taxi driver to school and sporting practices and all that. And then eventually my oldest got his license and I had more time on my hands and I knew that I wanted to do something. I just did I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something. And about that time, Laura posted a job offering for part-time for an accountant. And I thought I would be perfect for it because I know nothing about accounting, but I wanted to be in the Hope Scarves office. And so I walked in there probably 15 minutes after they made that post. And I said, I'm your girl. I'm here. And Laura kind of chuckled and said, do you know QuickBooks? And I said, no, but I can learn. And she's like, do you know Excel? And I'm like, I hate Excel, but I can figure it out. And um, she's like, do you know anything about taxes? And like, well, I get all of my family's tax stuff together to give to our accountant. How hard can it be? And she laughed. I did not get the accounting a job, but (laughs) she said, just hold on. I might have something else for you. And so, um, A couple months later, she reached back out and said, would you like to come? I started 10 hours a week doing the database management, the donor thank you letters. Um, I moved into our partnership program and expanded that, which I'll explain about in a little bit um, on different ways that people receive scarves. And then um, as her... As her health started to decline, I just kind of took on more and more at the office. And um, and then it became apparent that she could no longer serve in her capacity. And so she started a nationwide search for an executive director. And, you know, Laura has always dreamed big about Hope Scarves and, you know, she wants us to be a household name like Meal Train. When someone's diagnosed with cancer, you set up a Meal Train for them and you send them a Hope Scarf. And so she's like, we're going to get the best executive, you know, director and did this huge search. And I just kind of sat back and I didn't, you know, I thought, well, she wants me to throw my name in the hat. Then she, she would ask me and she didn't, and she's dreaming big. So I will just stay in this role of day to day and be thrilled that that is my job. 
And then um, eventually she came back to me and asked me if I would throw my name in the hat because she realized that I knew everything about this organization and um, it's going to be a serious time of transition when she was not here to lead it. And so I, um, that's all I was really waiting for. So I, of course, threw my name in the hat, um, had to get a resume, go through all the interviews, do all the same stuff. And um, here I am today, preschool teacher to executive director. You never know life is going to bring. You're right. I, I was just, that was a point I was just about to make. And I know Pam has heard me make this point countless times. You just never know. Um, no. You never know where, where you know, God will lead you and put you. And, you know, you in your wildest dreams, you probably never thought from a, a preschool teacher to trying to get an accountant job to, <laughs> to now running an international uh, nonprofit. I will but tell you. What a great story that she had. I mean, she trusted you to do this, that a passion that she had. Yeah. To keep it going. Thank so. you. Yeah, I no. want to say one one thing too, Pam. I noticed, and and going back to uh, Anna Laura, what you said about um, you know, it's not just the scarves; it's also the research component. And Pam, we've talked on countless times about clinical trials and maybe how difficult it is to find a clinical trial or be a part of a clinical trial. And do you qualify? Do you not qualify? When do you do clinical trials and whatnot? Um, On on the website there for Hope Scars, they have a really cool search uh, for metastatic breast cancer uh, research and clinical trials. And so I think that's unique as well is not only are you guys committed to um, getting scarves in people's hands and getting them, um, getting them stories that are, that are, um, really pertinent and, and, and uplifting and meaningful, but then also, of course, your research, putting your dollars there, but helping people navigate to try to locate clinical trials is, is really big. And it's a nationwide search that you have on there. Yeah, it is. And we have actually partnered with another local hospital here, Norton Cancer Institute, where they are trying to, um, they are establishing a position where um, they will have a navigator that will help people who are facing all types of cancer. Because we don't just, even though our money goes toward metastatic breast cancer, we serve people of facing all types of cancer and they want to establish a position where they help people. They advocate for, you know, they'll have this person who will advocate for a person, help them find the best doctors in the state, help them find clinical trials that are closer to home. And we want that. They want to use our base, our reach um, to expand that across the United States one day, right? Right. And what I love most about Norton's um, willingness to do this is so often hospitals and doctors, you know, they want to keep their patients to their patients, but we all need to be in this fight together and just get people to the help that they need. And, um, and they see the importance of that, you know, it's, it's, we all have to work together. So I think that's a really exciting, 
you know, we're building it small, obviously, in the state of Kentucky, but I think it has so much potential for expansion. And, and like you said, you know, just helping people all over. Yeah. Yeah. So for so for our listeners, and um, let's start with the scarves. I see okay. lots of scarves behind you. How does someone get a hold of one of those stories, or how do they share the scarves that they've worn through treatment to others? Yes. So um, I know I wish the listeners could actually see. <laughs> it looks like they're color coded. They are color coded, <laughs> and um, I mean we've got probably thousands of scarves in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right now. So, so hang on a second, Anna Laura. Yeah. So you guys listening, of course, this is, this is, uh, you're listening to audio. Pam and I are, are seeing video and Anna Laura is in probably uh, a woman's dream size closet. <laughs> it's it looks very well organized. It looks very well organized. <laughs> Good point, Pam. Good point. But it looks huge. And there are neatly folded, organized by color, scarves beyond you can see. And so um, it's it's a it's a cool thing that, that that you're doing that there. But yeah, let's tell our listeners how can they help out? How can they get one of those? Oh. And what can they do? Absolutely. So our scarves are shared in three ways. Um, they can go on our website, which is just www.hopescarves.org. And if you are in active treatment, you can request a scarf. Um, we will ask, and, and at no cost. So we send scarves to anyone in active treatment at no cost to the patient. And you can go on and you can request a color. Um, if you want a square one, an oblong one, we also have pashminas because sometimes people don't lose their hair or they don't like scarves, but they can wrap up in one um, during treatment. We also have pre-sones and turbans and um, infinity scarves. So we really try to meet everybody's needs, but you can go online, request a scarf for yourself, you tell us a little bit about yourself, your age, and your diagnosis. And then we have close to 2,000 stories in our database. So we really try to find a story that is similar to what the request is also going through. Because there's just something about hearing from someone else who really gets it. And I don't think you get it until you've gone through cancer yourself. Yeah. But the second way is through our gift scarf program. And that is where you can go online and request a scarf for a family member, a friend, a loved one, anyone who has been diagnosed with cancer. And for a minimal donation, um, we ask for $5 to help us cover the shipping cost um, because all that has gotten so expensive lately. Um, and then you can also donate additional money if you want, but you can go and request a scarf to be sent to a loved one. And we will do the same thing. You can request a color or a type of scarf. You tell us a little bit about the recipient. We will find a story that is similar. Um, and you can also write a personal note to that person and it, it will be included in the scarf package. 
And then the third way is through our partnership programs. And I alluded to that a little bit because that was my passion um, before I became the executive director. But that is where our scarves are shared in hospitals. And they are actually given to patients as part of that holistic patient care. So, I mean, how amazing is that? It's the nurse navigators, the oncologist, the infusion nurses, the social workers, every partnership looks different and how they are shared, but it's almost like a gift from the, you know, their doctors and their medical team to the person who is receiving treatment. And we currently have almost 70 partnerships in 22 states. So we have some hospitals even from Hawaii to Washington state to wow. Michigan, to Florida, to North Carolina, um, North Dakota. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so I'm talking to a clinic in Montana. Um, so it's, wow. it's what really, about cool. Texas? we are not in Texas, so we need some help. Oh no. <laughs> well, I think we have a, um, a perfect place. Okay. <laughs> we, might, we might be able to fulfill that void for you in Texas. Good. Our goal is to be in all 50 states and, um, and in multiple locations in all 50 states. So um, our partnership programs is growing. It's a mission-based revenue stream for us. It allows us to be able to do our mission. It's often funded by hospital foundations or corporations will fund them um private donors just to bring this hope and encouragement into their communities and then i guess too um you 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 ask right when you are finished with that scarf to pass it on um but they can also return it back to you guys can't they they can so we do ask for to pay it forward Um, And to pay it forward by returning it to us so that we can send it out to someone else. And what's really cool is that we have this huge database where every scarf has a number and we track our scarves. So we know where they go and we know what story they carry. So let's say, Pam, you got a scarf and Mm -hmm. it had Carol's story. And when you were done with treatment you wanted to pass it back and write your own story. So when you send your story and your the scarf back to us, then the next time it goes out, it'll have Carol's story because that was the first story plus yours. Wow. And then it comes oh, back. Wow. It's like a chain letter almost. <laughs> and that, um, is so, that is so unique and so cool because you know, especially if if you know like where Carol lived in Minnesota and Pam lives in Texas, and then the next person's getting it in Georgia. Yeah, it is. That is really it's it's got a cool feel. I mean, I'm not getting chills about it. It's kind I of know. Cool so we have scars that that carry about five stories, five to six stories, and you know, eventually the scarves wear out. Um, and sometimes people don't want to give that scarf up because it's pretty powerful and meaningful to them. So we either encourage them to share another scarf with their story or, you know, just to share their story. And then 
we obviously get more requests than scarves we get back. So we have, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I need to put this on do not disturb. That's all right. So you I probably so are sorry. In, in, cases, <laughs> in cases like that, you're you're hopeful that instead of if I'm going to keep the scarf, I'm going to send you $25 or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and so and we people will help us, they'll have scarf drives for us all over the country too, various churches and groups and sporting teams and corporations will do worldwide scarf drives for us. And so when we get those scarves and that are community donated, then we just pair them with a story in our collection. And then those, that scarf and that story forever travel together. That is so cool. That does give me chills, you know, just knowing someone went through something similar um, as that person receiving it. Yeah. What a cool way to give it forward. It is. So how do y'all have um, events to raise money for research then? We do. Yeah, we have two big events a year. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is called Outliving Cancer. And we are actually getting ready to kick that off. It's going to take place in May, or it's always been in May. And this year it's going to be in April and it's over a two week period. And it's where we encourage people to help raise money while they go out and do something that brings them joy. So we have two events. I'm sure you all have heard of the um, Kentucky Derby mm -hmm. and leading up to the Derby we have there's a mini marathon and a marathon and then there's also a bike race called the Tour de Lou and um, so we're kind of centering our out living cancer around those two events um, but at the same time when the Derby was canceled during COVID we had to come up with another way. We It used to be called Outrunning Cancer and everybody just, it was basically local people. And when COVID happened, we reimagined it to be Outliving Cancer. And we encouraged our, our um, people, because we now have people all over the world to join mm -hmm. in this fundraising event. So they'll set up teams or they'll set up an activity or they'll just raise money individually. And they go out and they do something that they love. They can go out dancing. They can go out biking. They can go out hiking. Um, you know, they could teach a yoga class and give the proceeds back to Hope Scarves. And um, so that is our big fundraiser in the spring. And then in the fall, we have kind of like a gala where um, it's called Colors of Courage, and we have a dinner and a fun band, and we dance, and a silent auction, and a bourbon pull, because, you know, bourbon's pretty big here in Kentucky, too, and in Texas, but, um, and so we also stream that, because, you know, COVID allowed us to do all kinds of fun stuff on Zoom mm -hmm. and whatnot. <laughs> 
And so we also stream that and we have watch parties all over the country. So people can still be a part of the event, even though they don't live in Louisville and they can still bid on silent auction items and donate to the special appeal, which all that money goes toward research. And um, so those are our two big fundraisers that we do a year. They both sound like fun yeah. to me. Absolutely. <laughs> fun. And as we know from the nonprofit world with, with events, uh, fun and a lot of effort goes behind those events. And so uh, you wouldn't continue to do them if they weren't successful. So we know that they, they are doing good work there. I tell you, um, one of the things I always feel like I can tell some of the things our, our listeners are, are like dying to know. And I feel like um, many of our listeners may say, this sounds really great. This is cool. I can't believe it. I want one. But man, I don't have a clue how to tie a scarf. I don't know what to do with that. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to need some help. Luckily, you guys listening, luckily, when you go to their website, there is a tab that says how to tie a scarf. And believe it or not, I'm sure there's more than the ways you guys have listed. I think there's four or five different ways there. Um, but of course, um, you know, there's probably a hundred different ways, but probably the most common are, are there on your website. So when they get this scarf, you're not going to just like tie it around your neck like a, you know, going outside <laughs> with the cold weather or tie it on your, your purse or something like that. You're going to know how to do it, right? Yes, absolutely. And then also in our scarf packages, we also have scarf tying instructions as well. So, but, you know, I think it's also important to know that you don't have to lose your hair to get a hope scarf. So, so often, you know, you may just have surgery or radiation, or you are taking a type of chemo where you don't lose your hair. So we want every scarf to be able to be worn as a head cover, should it need to be that way. But if you don't lose your hair and you are in active treatment for cancer, you still can absolutely have a hope scarf. Yeah. And again, it's not just for breast cancer. All types of cancer. We have stories from probably over 90 different types of cancer. So even the most unusual I can guarantee we most likely have a story yeah. from another survivor to offer encouragement. Wow. So. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about Hope Scarves? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I could Before talk about we get to our last uh, segment. <laughs> I know I could talk about it all day long. Um, no, I just think that just remember that we're a resource here for you, um, whether you are in active treatment yourself or if you are supporting a friend who is going through cancer. And um, and I think it takes it takes a village. Sure does. And oh, can sure you does. tell the listeners one more time at the website to go yes. to? www hope scarves.org. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing. That leads us to our last segment. We are sponsored by auto Inc. And we want to hear your inspiring moments. <laughs> <laughs> 
put you on the spot. We've heard several. We've heard several already, Anna Laura. I know. I um. I think that's just one of the great things about my job is it's making a difference in the world, and um, it fills my bucket. But um, to narrow it down to one story is so hard. But um, I guess an inspiring story that happened just recently, my um, best friend from the eighth grade was recently diagnosed with cancer. And the week before she was diagnosed, she came down to visit me and I showed her the office and she got to come see all the scarves and we were just talking about hope scarves. And then literally a week later, she called me and she said that she had just been diagnosed. And, um, so I got to send her a hope scarf. And I got to go sit with her during one of her chemo treatments. And um, it was just, it was just so meaningful to be with her in the chemo room as her friend, not an executive director of a nonprofit, but where she was getting treated housed our scarves. And so that, you know, just, I don't know. There's so many things that happen that are so serendipitous in our work that um, it's really neat to see. And um, it just makes you a believer that we have angels with us all the time. Absolutely. You know, Ryan, um, a couple things that I'm thinking about, you know, a lot of times our survivors want to always give back and um, share their stories. What a perfect way to do this through Hope Scarves. Yes. Second is, uh, you know, we have the wig room here for patients who need a wig, but um, Maribel and I are not good at scarves (laughs) and we've tried to YouTube it, but sometimes that's a difficult. So now we have a great resource and maybe um, eventually we can get some scarves in the wig room to help our patients through their journey. Yeah, I hope so. Absolutely. You know, I, I agree, Pam. Um, You, you talk about uh, wanting to give back. And I think it would be, this is the opportunity now for us to say, Hey, you guys, if that's you and you have some scarves that maybe you used during treatment, write your story and get them sent back to hope scarves and let them carry on your story to other, uh, as an inspirational piece to other survivors. Uh, and, and knowing that you're going to be, your scarf is going to be matched as closely as to, to someone as your diagnosis that you went through. Uh, again, you could do that on their website, hopescarves.org. Um, the other thing is, uh, Anna Laura made, made a comment that um, Hope Scarves fills her bucket. And I feel like um, many times, especially here at the first of the year, right, we're looking for things to maybe fill our bucket. And so I would challenge you guys um, you know, again, you, you know, if you've got some, a hope scarf or you've got a scarf in your closet, uh, to tell that story and send it, but also think about sending a scarf to someone. Um, and I'm sure 
uh, Anna Laura, you, if you don't want that person to know, you can put, please keep an anonymous. It can be anonymous. Absolutely. Because I know there's some of that. You probably may not want that, but how cool would it be for someone that you know is going through uh, treatment to receive a scarf that you've had sent to them, maybe in their favorite color or whatever the case may be? Um, I, I bet you, even if it's a strange color that they like, I'm guessing they've got it by looking at the scarves <laughs> before can go, right? Definitely do. Yes, absolutely. So, Ron, can I put you on the spot? Sure. Okay, so wait, we wait a minute, did... wait a minute. I said sure. <laughs> you, you can't go back now. This is everybody, this is on record, right? <laughs> so we did a um drive for Hallie's foundation to for socks when yes. we did our soup and socks. So maybe this year, what do you think about doing soup and scarves? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, the, the Halley project was one that, of course, that came to my mind as we were preparing for today's episode. And uh, if you're if you're new to the podcast or you haven't listened to that, we encourage you to go back and and, and find that episode and uh, listen to the the you know these these foundations and organizations and events are born out of um, a situation, right? Much like twenty four hours in the canyon and the survivorship center. And so it's taking those those uh, situations and making them into a, a, a meaningful um, program or activity, and in this case, a nonprofit, much like um, Hallie's uh, Hallie Strong. As you know, so I think it's important. So absolutely, uh, you know, there's something about that S word, right? Soup, and we did soup and socks. And so next year, this year in December, uh, we'll do soup and scarves. And Anna Laura, you guys can look for a box coming from us uh, Love it. full of scarves. We can't do our mission without scarves. So that would be amazing. Yeah, And that might be their homework, our listeners homework for this week to um, look for a scarf throughout the year. That That's right. special scarf that um, brings hope or meaning to them. Yeah. That's right. And I think also to make sure and go check out the website. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of information there on hopescarves.org and check that out and uh, share your story. Maybe think about who you can request a scarf to send to and uh, and so forth. So, uh, Anna Laura, thank you for joining us and oh, thank you. for what you guys do over there in Louisville. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's really it's it's a neat way that you got intertwined and worked to where you are. And, and I know that uh, you're carrying on Laura's mission and that uh, she is uh, very proud of you. Well, we miss her terribly. Sure. <laughs> we uh, hope she's proud. We're trying really, really hard to make her proud. <laughs> I know she is. I know she is. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure and share this episode with your friends uh, that maybe they need to know about Hope Scarves. Maybe they need to, to go on and, and request a scarf or send to their friend as well. And then make sure you join us next time for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Ribbon. We'd like to extend a special thanks to the Auto Inc. family of dealerships as they have supported the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center since 2016. For more information on the Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website at 24survivorship.org.